This morning, we continue our read through the New Testament. And if you've been following along on this adventure that we've been having all year, we started in Matthew, and each week we read five different chapters. And it's brought us to Jude and Revelation. And uh, Pastor Goff and I were talking about what do we do in Advent, and should we continue on that, or should we just have that as a reading plan and do something else? Well, as we started to look at Jude and Revelation, we realized that it really does help us kind of connect into the bigger picture of the Advent season. And the Advent season's really set up as a, a, an expectant waiting for what's to come. So we're expectantly waiting for Christmas, but we're also expectantly waiting for Jesus. And so we thought we would dive into these letters just a little bit deeper through this season. And the letters in and of themselves have a lot to say, and oftentimes we don't really uh, look at them. We, we kind of say, oh, Jude, well, that's a good book, and Revelation, let's kind of uh, hold this off just a little bit. So we're, we're going to dive a little bit in. And, but before we get there, I want to just talk a little bit about letter writing. Right? If we're going to call this Letters at Christmas, we should talk just a little bit about letter writing. And um, I, I went to an unusual source to ask about what, what is it that I should say about letter writing. And so uh, OpenAI or ChatGBT told me I should say this. And here's what I came up with. The art of letter writing is a timeless and intimate form of communication that transcends the digital age. It involves a thoughtful crafting of words on paper, allowing individuals to express sentiments, share stories, and convey emotions in a way that is both personal and tangible. Unlike insistent nature of modern communication, letters require patience, reflection, and a genuine connection between the writer and the recipient. Each stroke of the pen and the choice of stationery and the careful selection of words contribute to the creation of a unique and lasting piece of art. Letter writing allows individuals to communicate on a deeper level, fostering a sense of intimacy that's often lost in the fast-paced world of instant messaging and emails. It's a form of self-expression that not only captures the essence of the sender, but also serves as a lasting memento for the recipient, preserving the beauty of human connection in a digital age. I, I don't know if I could put it any better uh, looking at a uh, hundred different sources, but, but you really get the sense that the art of letter writing is a connection. It's about the relationship that you have. And I think all of us have experienced that at some point in our lives where you have been expectantly waiting for a letter. It may be that someone has uh, handwritten you a note and you know it's coming, or maybe a birthday card, or maybe you have applied to a college and you're waiting to see if you get the big envelope that you've been accepted or the small envelope to say, good try, buddy. Well, it's not, not your day. But we've all been there in some way and we've waited expectantly for what is to come. But oftentimes, I think what happens as we're waiting and we see the mailbox and we're eager to open it, 
what we pull out is often more junk mail than it is what we're expecting, right? And so if we look at our junk mail, we see, oh, yeah, some credit cards. We need to spend more money at this season, right? Or someone's trying to sell you something like a newspaper or a magazine. Amazon knows I like music, so why not give me free three months free of music? Clothes, everyone needs clothes, right? 30% from Kohl's. Who couldn't use 30%? Or what about HelloFresh? You could get your meals at your door. You don't even have to go shopping for anything. And I know this one came for Emma. Super Bowl pizza, right? Who, who doesn't eat pizza? Who wouldn't love to just go down to Little Caesars and get a pizza? But do you notice what just happened? I'm eagerly waiting for something to come, and I get distracted. I get distracted by all the stuff that comes at me, whether that's free music or packages or whatever the case may be. We get distracted. And in those distractions, oftentimes we can lose focus on what is really important in our lives. And I think we've all been there in our distractions around this season where we have coveted what our neighbor received in the mail. Or, or maybe we got a present that we don't want someone in our family to know about, so we, we've said a little bit of a, a lie to say, oh, yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't see anything. I don't know what you're talking about. And sometimes those distractions, they, they lead us into sin. And we're a sinful people, and we know that, right? But this is, this is where Jude comes in. Because Jude understands that sin happens, but he wants a focus not to be on that, but to be on Jesus and the forgiveness that we receive in him. And so just like Jesus in Matthew, where he talks about false prophets, Jude also talks about those who come into your midst, who are, are uh, perversing grace, right? Who, who are, are talking just a little bit differently than, than what the church is all about and saying, you know, it's, it's okay. It's okay if you're distracted. It's okay if, if, if Jesus isn't the focus of your life. It's, it's really okay. And that's happens to us as well. It's not something that only happened back in, in the first century, but it, it happens today. And it may not be just people coming in, but it could be the communication that's coming in. It could be junk mail. It could be any, anything that, that is coming into our lives that's distracting us and taking away our focus from what's really important in this season, making it so that we, we, we don't focus on Jesus, and in a way, we deny the importance he has in our lives. And so, what does Jude say about that? He, he doesn't want us to be distracted by all of the stuff, but he wants us to keep our focus on Jesus, knowing that as, as life happens— as distractions come in, we are going to 
step in every once in a while. But if we have a focus on who Jesus is, we can know that we are loved and we are forgiven. And we have a hope for tomorrow. Tomorrow like Monday, but a hope that goes even beyond that into this everlasting life that Jesus has promised us. And so Jude says to, to build yourself up. Build yourself up in your most holy faith. Keep on praying. And so uh, an, another thing that I, I really like is the Bible Project. They, they put out these videos that help just describe what different books of the Bible are getting at. They kind of take you through all of the different moving pieces, but they also give you a summary. And so here's how the Bible Project summarizes the book of Jude. Jude's letter is applying what Jesus first told his disciples. If you really love me, you'll obey my teachings. And for Christians of every age, how we live is the most reliable indicator of what we actually believe. How we live is the most reliable indicator of what we believe. Those echo Jesus' words as he's talking about having a firm foundation, right? And, and that's what Jude is talking about as well. If you get to that point in your reading and you read through all of it, he goes through all of these examples of the Old Testament that says, yes, stand firm, have a firm foundation so that when distractions come, you know who you are. You know that your identity is centered in Christ and that you know that you are a loved and forgiven child of God. And you can anchor into that so that as things come, you know that no matter what, you have a saving grace. So, we ask the question, as we eagerly wait, what do we do? What do we do? Well, I think we can look to Jude for this as well. Keep yourself in God's love as you wait. Right? So, so keep yourself in that realm of knowing what the season is really about. It's not about the stuff and the pizza, and the music, and, and all the things, or what your neighbors are doing, or what they get, but it's really all about Jesus, and reminding ourselves of how much he means in our own lives, that he came to us, for us, in a way that actually means something. So that we can live that out in a way that people really see it. So we decrease our distractions by focusing on him. And we wait expectantly. Now, if you're like me, this is probably one of the hardest things to do. I, I do not like waiting. I don't. But at times, it's, it's really important for us just to slow down. Say, whew, okay, we can wait. We can wait. Because there's a celebration to come. Right? There's a celebration that's going to happen in a few weeks as we look at Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and what all that will mean here in this space. But it also is looking 
forward to Christ's second coming, to knowing that there's more to the story than just the here and now. And so we wait. And I would challenge you to write a letter, to put pen to paper, and encourage someone in your life. That's exactly what Jude was doing. He knew the impact that the story of Jesus had on his life, and knowing that he was a loved and forgiven child of God meant something. And it meant so much that he wanted to put pen to paper. He, he wanted to share that story, that encouragement, with the, the churches around him. And so my encouragement to you would be, Reflect on what that means in your life, to focus on Jesus, to decrease the distractions, to see who he is for you. And then in turn, encourage someone. Encourage someone to stay focused on who Jesus is and not on the distractions of the stuff. And it's not that you have to, right? That's not the thing. But it's a response, and it's a living out what it is that we know to be true of who Jesus is and what he's done for us. And so this season, we continue to wait expectantly. And my hope is that as we do that, you can find ways to decrease your distractions that you can find ways to wait and, and hold on to that expectation, but then also that you can encourage people by the way you live it out. Amen.